Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman Ross Tucker. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a Power Rankings Tuesday. We are presented by DraftKings. That means I'm going to talk about every single team in the NFL, including your team. Look, I do it in about 25 minutes or less, just letting you know where I think all these teams stack up right now. If they all played a five-game series or a seven-game series against each other in my backyard or Wichita, Kansas or whatever. That's the only way you should do power rankings. Don't say, but this team beat that team. If you do it that way, then you can never have any rankings because the Bills beat the Dolphins, but then the Jets beat the Bills. You just can't do it that way. You know what I mean? You got to look at the way these teams are playing now, what they've done so far, and then rank them. I really enjoy doing it. I like letting you guys know where I think these teams stack up. And I love, absolutely love breaking down games, which we always do first. Got to talk about last night's Monday Night Football game, even though that was a horrible, horrible game. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Ross. Well, as you mentioned, we'll talk about the Seahawks. They blow out the Giants on the road on Monday Night Football 24-3. Jack, that might have been the longest first half of a game. And I tweeted this last night at Ross Tucker NFL. I cannot remember a first half lasting longer than that. Between some injuries, a lot of penalties, there's probably a review or two in there. There was extracurriculars after plays. There was weird end-of-half sequencing. It was 10 o'clock. At halftime, it was 10 o'clock when they went to halftime. Brutal, absolutely brutal. I mean, that's obviously not a great product. It's not like the first half was some back-and-forth exciting affair. You know, I'll start with this. It was a bummer that Jamal Adams, who hadn't played, I guess they kept saying, 385 days, 
that he got knocked unconscious, it looked like. I mean, it, that was not good. You know, and part of it was his tackling technique. He dove at Daniel Jones' legs, and he took a knee right to the side of the helmet. And boy, there were all kinds of visible signs that he suffered a concussion. And he was not happy that he wasn't allowed back in the game. He was yelling at the the Red Hat, which is the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant. But I think anybody watching that game, as soon as you saw Jamal Adams stagger to try to get up multiple times after the hit, I think you had to know he wasn't coming back in that game. And kudos to the NFL and the Red Hat, the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant for not letting him come back in that game. The Giants actually had a pretty good opening drive. They got all the way down to like the 20-yard line. They go for it on fourth and one, and then they kind of took the Eagles' brotherly shove, quarterback sneak push play, to an even extra level. They had two offensive linemen come in and get behind Daniel Jones on the push play to help push him forward. And they still didn't get it. They still couldn't get it because they don't get as much push up front from their offensive line. They don't get low enough and get any type of push. Daniel Jones was too high as he ran the play. And the Seahawks did a good job of stuffing it. So I might talk about that in my Eagles-related Ross report today or at some point this week. But I'm about tired of hearing people complain about that play. Half the teams don't even try it. The other half seems like they try it, but they're not as good at it. So maybe not stop complaining because it's not unfair advantage. It's not automatic. That's how I look at it. Now, if you stylistically don't like it, that's a different conversation. We can talk about that. The whole first half, as I mentioned, was a total, total flag fest. You know, then Daniel Jones had a fumble deep in his own territory. That led to a pretty awesome throw, actually, from Geno Smith to DK Metcalf for a touchdown. Guys were getting hurt left and right. I mean, the Giants lost their center, John Michael Schmitz. I will say for the Giants, one of the only positives was Kayvon Thibodeau, especially in the first half. Kayvon Thibodeau was all over the place, making plays, almost had a pick six. Some really good things from Thibodeau. If you're looking for a a positive takeaway for the Giants, there's not a lot there, let's be honest. Geno Smith actually got an ankle injury and had to come out And uh, he's tough as nails, by the way, because Dr. Chow and SportsInjuryCentral.com, it didn't look like, you know, Gino was going to be able to come back in the game. And in fact, what the one drive for Drew Locke at the end of the first half, he throws the ball to Noah Fant on the sideline and multiple Giants defenders fail to push Noah Fant out of bounds. And he, like, runs 50 yards down the sideline for a touchdown. Now, they said he was out at, like, the half-yard line. But still, I mean, 
Not a good look for the Giants, and no offense. Uh, that was very athletic, showing his speed. Iowa just keeps producing those those tight ends. And by the way, we talk about injuries. Do you know the Seahawks did not have a single starting offensive lineman in their spot as of like midway through the second quarter? The only guy, the only starter that was still out there was Evan Brown, the center. But he had to move to left guard. So there, the starting center was at left guard. New starting center. New starting right guard. New starting right tackle. New starting left tackle. And, and the left guard got hurt. I mean, that is impressive for the Seahawks to overcome those issues. The only other thing I would make a uh, point that needs to be made about that game, how about Devin Witherspoon for the Seahawks? Now, he needs to learn to not duck his head because he could really hurt his neck badly with his tackling technique at times. But the rookie from Illinois at 185 pounds is a physical tone setter, and he had a 97-yard pick six. I mean, the star of the game was a rookie cornerback, Devin Witherspoon, extremely, extremely impressive for the Seahawks, almost as impressive as how quickly you can learn a second language with Babel. I'm telling you, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. You want to impress some people around the holidays? Don't even tell them you're doing it. Just start speaking a new language with Babel. It works. Their 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for you guys at babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Ross. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L. Dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the all-important power rankings. The worst team in the history of the NFL is. All right, Ross, 32nd. If it was any surprise, it's the Chicago Bears. Well, they had a chance to not be 32nd. They were up 28 to 7, and then they... Blew that lead to the Broncos at home. They're not really good or have anything to hold their hat on, on hang their hat on on either side of the ball. They're telling Chase Claypool to stay away from the team. This week, they're just a mess. 31st is the Carolina Panthers. I don't feel like the Panthers are a mess, but... It's not good, right? It's not a good sign that they're struggling this much, especially with Bryce Young out there. I mean, the fact that they put up a lot more points and yards when they had Andy Dalton out there, I guess that's reasonable because, okay, Dalton's got more experience, whatever. The more concerning thing is that C.J. Stroud Anthony Richardson have performed much better than Bryce Young so far. 
30th, Denver Broncos. I mean, the good news is they won a game and they came from behind. The bad news is they were losing 28-7 to the Bears, my, my worst-ranked team. So we're seeing some signs of life on the Broncos' offense, which I think is encouraging. Defensively, they still have really, really struggled. Although, like I said, credit to them for at least being better in the second half of that game. After last night's game, New York Giants, so they're 29th. They are bad. They are really bad. Now, in fairness, they didn't have their two best offensive players. Left tackle Andrew Thomas, running back Saquon Barkley. Saquon definitely makes a difference. And I think, quite frankly, we've seen that the last couple weeks. They really need a dynamic piece in that offense. They don't have anybody right now that's dynamic. Maybe Waller a little bit. 28th is Las Vegas Raiders. This is now where we get to the point where I don't think these teams are that bad, but they're not good either. And this will be an interesting season for the Raiders because you almost wonder at what point, if it keeps going this way, do they just start Aiden O'Connell and see what Aiden O'Connell can do for the rest of the year so they know what they want to do moving forward? Because it doesn't look like they're going to like have a winning season or make the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, maybe, but that would surprise me. 27th is the New York Jets. The best thing they got going for them right now is that they're feeling some hope now that Zach Wilson played well enough against the Chiefs that the Jets actually have some hope in that building that, you know what, maybe we maybe we can get, get this done. Maybe we can win games with Zach at quarterback. 26 is the Houston Texans. And on the rise. In fact, it's usually probably not going to be a team this low in my rankings, Jack. But I'm going to make the Houston Texans the team I'm going to ride with. Brought to you by Wrangler. Made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code ROSS15. I'm riding with the Houston Texans this week. You watched the way they've played the last couple weeks. The first couple weeks, C.J. Stroud was kind of figuring it out, and defensively, they weren't good at all. The last two weeks, outstanding defensively against the Jaguars, even better against the Steelers, six points, and C.J. Stroud and that offense just keep getting better every week. They're going to get... Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard back here soon. The Texans are absolutely a team for all of us to ride with. They look like they got a chance to compete in this division this year. 25th is the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon, Josh Dobbs has these guys playing hard, playing at a, at a much higher level than we all thought. They're not going to end up having the number one pick. That would be surprising. They're just too well coached, playing too hard, and Dobbs is too good for them to have the first or second pick in the draft, it feels like. 24th is the Minnesota Vikings. They won, and that's good, but they still don't feel like they're close to the team they were last year. I'm not sure I can quite put my finger on it. I mean, they were certainly better defensively against the Panthers, but it's like, Offensively, 
where they're still not, not clicking on all cylinders. 23rd is the Colts, and they're also getting some additions on offense this week. Maybe. Maybe. They're saying Jonathan Taylor's going to practice. They're saying there's a chance he could play in the game. I don't really know what's changed. I don't know. Maybe that the team being 2-2 two and two and decent with Anthony Richardson, maybe Taylor's like, all right, I want to be a part of this this year. Or maybe he's like, all right, they're not going to give me a contract. It's not going to happen. I just got to go out there now and have a great year and try to get in the offseason. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. 22nd, Cincinnati Bengals. We are at the stage of the season where I don't really care about preconceived notions anymore. In fact, maybe I do because if it was just by based on what they've done this year, the Bengals would probably be even lower right now. 21st is the New England Patriots. Coming off the single worst loss that Bill Belichick has ever suffered. And I think I've said this before, but the real concern, if you're the Patriots, I would argue, isn't so much that they're not going to have a great year. It's that where's like the light at the end of the tunnel? What, what are you... What are you hanging your hat on for later on this season or even next year? Like what what's where's the hope? Twentieth is the Atlanta Falcons. They got off to a really good start those first two games, but these last two have not been good. I mean, they've been non competitive back to back weeks against the Lions and Jags. I kind of thought with the Falcons style that they would at least be competitive in all of these games. They haven't been. 19th is the Steelers. So they say Kenny Pickett has a bone bruise in his knee. They're not ruling him out for this week. Guess what? I am. They have a bye after this week. They're not going to play him with a bye after this week. You know, they have Trubisky there for a reason. They'll try to get a win with, with him, and they'll let Kenny Pickett get a couple weeks off and come back healthy. That's fine. I mean, only missing one game could have been a lot worse. 18th is New Orleans Saints. And uh, the, the, the folks are starting to get a little restless down there. Even Alvin Kamara said, listen, it's two years where our offense hasn't looked right. They're not in a good spot in New Orleans. I mean, they, they were very, very ineffective at home on offense against the Bucks." 17th is the Tennessee Titans. Probably uh, their best performance of the year. You know, to beat the Bengals like that, usually I always joke that the Titans play a field goal game every week and maybe win a a few more than they lose, but that game wasn't even close. And that's really their formula, is playing really, really good defense, led by their D-line, and then pounding away at teams in the second half to salt the game away with Henry. 16th, a halfway point, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, another team that is um, coming off their best game, Jaguars over in London against the Falcons. They needed that. They're staying there all week. I wonder what those guys will do sightseeing today. Today's probably still their off day. I want some videos or pictures of, the Jags sightseeing around London. 
15th is the Green Bay Packers. Just a very, very beat up team at this stage. And the good news for them, at least, unlike these other teams, is they are really beat up, which is one excuse. But also, they're so young. Like, you feel good about what the Packers are going to be able to, to build upon that moving forward. Just like you feel good when you drink Labatt Blue Light, at least I do, it just puts you in a happy mood. You know, whether it's the actual flavor or, I don't know, the alcohol, or just like the mindset, right? Always enjoy it responsibly, of course. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 14th, Washington Commanders. Wow, man, the Commanders are 14th. And I think they deserve it. I'll be calling their game in a couple nights against the Bears. But they're playing somewhat solid defense. Thought the O-line was okay against the Eagles. But the big thing is Sam Howe. Sam Howe's had one clunker. The rest of the games, he's played winning football. 13th is the L.A. Rams. Never thought the Rams would be this high this year. Kudos to Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald which are pretty much the only three people on the Rams team that you can even name. I mean, Higby, now everybody knows Puka Nakua, but that's about it. Twelfth is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Jack, I'm writing a column pretty much every week now for the 33rd team. And this week I'm talking about my biggest surprises at the quarter polls. If you get a chance, by the way, Please check them out. It's free. There's no subscription or anything. And one of my biggest surprises is just how well the Bucks have played and how good the Bucks are. I really thought that the post-Brady era would be rough for a year. 11th is Cleveland Browns. So that was obviously a really poor performance, both sides of the ball, especially offensively without Watson. But they've been pretty good to start the year. And I think when they get Watson back healthy after the bye – Along with that defense, I think the Browns are still probably one of the 10 best teams in the league. Top 10, 10th is Chargers. It's interesting because the Chargers are probably right there with these teams below them. Browns, Bucks, Rams, Commanders. as kind of being a step below these other teams in my mind. But they had a bunch of guys that were hurt and didn't play and still beat the Raiders. Ninth is the Seattle Seahawks. That was impressive last night. They've now rattled off three pretty good wins in a row. I think three double-digit wins are close to it after that first loss to the Rams. Eighth is Lions. Same. Same. Lions have that one loss to the Seahawks where they had to pick six from golf. Other than that, the Lions look like a really... I mean, the Lions and Seahawks look like they are who we thought they were. Seventh is Baltimore Ravens. I was skeptical of the Ravens offensively this year. I think they are a little bit better than than we anticipated or I anticipated. I think the offense is clicking more than I thought it would. Sixth, Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, man. I mean, the Cowboys bounced back from that horrible loss to the Cardinals by taking the Patriots out to the woodshed. Fifth, Kansas City Chiefs. Just still looks weird to have the Chiefs at five, right? And they look weird. They don't look like what we've 
grown accustomed to from the Chiefs being so dominant. I mean, they were they won the game against the Jets, but they weren't really great on either side of the ball. Not as great as like when the clock stops on this podcast a couple minutes or whenever the game clock stops and it's time to order in with DoorDash or when pizza cravings hit at halftime, that's ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better, order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. Fourth, it's the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. I had to drop them after they got smoked. You know what? Listen, I don't really feel a lot differently about the Dolphins. They had one of those games. I think they'll bounce back. Keep putting up big numbers. The most concerning aspect of that game was their defense. Third, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles still are not playing at as high of a level as we've grown accustomed to the last couple years, uh, or at least last year. But they're 4-0, man. I mean, they're 4-0. Second, Buffalo Bills. What? The Bills have a loss. The Eagles are undefeated. Have you seen the Bills' last three games? Have you seen the Eagles' last three games? Eagles are playing pretty well. The Bills are playing really well the last three games and are deserving of being number two in my rankings. Ross's number one team, which is totally meaningless, but it's fun and will get many of you incredibly annoyed, is... Number one, San Francisco 49ers. I don't know that there's a lot of people that can argue this right now. I mean, the only team I think you could maybe have ahead of the Niners is the Bills. But the Niners have been pretty dominant in all their wins as well. And they haven't lost a game. They're coming off a game where they just won by double digits again. I don't know. I think it's hard to argue against the Niners. Hard to argue that the Even Money Betting Podcast isn't the best betting podcast in the galaxy. Make sure you check that out today. Got a special guest for tomorrow's Ross Tucker podcast that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to myfrontpagestory.com. I'm telling you guys and gals, it is the best gift you could ever get a loved one for any reason. MyFrontPageStory.com. Also a big fan of BackOfficeSchedule.com, Go-Bangles.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sculpture, and Pizza Boy Brewing.